Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, and welcome to our summer shorts. The aim of this series is to bring you 10 short episodes covering 10 different papers our team at the Centre for Appearance Research has published recently. I'm Nadia, and this is our seventh episode in the series, and I'm here today with Fabio Zucchelli, a research fellow at CAR. Hi Fabio, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Hi Nadia, thanks for inviting me. Great, good to have you. So, tell me the title of the paper we're talking about today. The title is uh, An Acceptance and Commitment Therapy Prototype Mobile Programme for Individuals with a Visible Difference, a Mixed Methods Feasibility Study. Wonderful. And where is that published? Um, that was in the Journal for Medical Internet Research, um, and it's one of its sister journals, which is around formative research, so sort of early stage research. Awesome. That's brilliant. And I, I've heard it's open access as well. Is that right? That's right. So anyone who can just Google it or perhaps go on Google Scholar, mm-hmm. type in you know some of those keywords, um, will find it and be able to read it without needing any kind of login from any academic institution. That's fantastic. So really looking forward to hearing more about the paper. Before we get there, who else worked on the project or on the paper with you? Well, there were quite a few of us um, and it was nice because it wasn't all just academic. So Mm -hmm. we had a a mix of, um, we had a clinical psychologist called Olivia Donnelly, um, who works with with individuals with visible differences a lot. Um, We had Emma Rush, who has uh, Vitiligo and actually runs a support charity called Vitiligo Support UK. So she was, gave a really nice perspective um, of representative users. Um, a statistician from UWE uh, called Paul White. Um, we had a, another colleague from CAR called Holly Gwyver and uh, Heidi Williamson from CAR and the whole team really, the uh, VTCTF Foundation research team at CAR as well. Brilliant, that's fantastic. And it was funded by the VTC... I, was, I can never say this. It was funded by the VTCT <laughs> Foundation as well, wasn't it? It was indeed, yes. Okay, well, brilliant. Great multi-stakeholder team you have there. So... Can you tell us more about the aim of the paper and perhaps say a little bit about the app that you developed? I was reading the paper earlier today and I saw that it's called Act It Out, which I think is a great name. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah, the idea being for people to act out what they learn from the app, hence <laughs> the name. So before we did that study, we had basically created a prototype, a kind of very... Mm-hmm early stage prototype that I and Holly Gwyther had put together. So not being software developers, we created it on a platform that we could actually get it out there to people for the, the purpose of that this study. And yeah, we created that prototype as a six session course, essentially, that people would use on their mobile phones. And yeah, as you said, really, we work with a range of different people um, so stakeholders being those who would actually benefit from using it. So people with a range of different visible differences who fed into the, the design process. Researchers, so those of us at CAR particularly, and clinicians as well. So people who with experience and expertise mm-hmm. in actually helping people. Um, so all together, we, we put together this prototype. And the idea being the reason for actually developing it in the first place um, is that there's very little help out there for people with visible mm-hmm. differences and know that, that you know people commonly experience challenges um, in terms of, of um, adjusting to their appearance and the reaction of others and things like that. So with that in mind, uh, what we wanted to know from the study was basically 
whether a mobile app based on a particular psychological model called acceptance and commitment therapy, whether that app was actually worth developing. You know, clearly uh, developing mobile apps is quite an expensive and uh, long-term endeavor. So in, in more kind of research lingo, it was about testing the feasibility or the proof of concept. I actually didn't realize you developed the prototype. So hats off to you because again, yeah, we're researchers, not tech experts. So that's very cool. And so you mentioned there that the therapeutic technique is ACT or acceptance and commitment therapy. Can you explain a little bit about what that is for people who are less familiar? Sure. So ACT is probably the best way of putting it is that it's mindfulness with a purpose. Mm. So mindfulness is seems pretty well known um, now but basically it's the um, capacity for being able to uh, pay attention in the moment um, with kind of acceptance to whatever's going on internally so your thoughts your feelings sensations mm-hmm. and doing that with a, a really a kind of quality of curiosity and openness so that's mindfulness and then doing it with a purpose uh, that's almost the unique selling point of ACT beyond other mindfulness-based interventions, people could actually really clarify what's important to them in their lives um, and use those kind of values as a basically a kind of anchor or a giving direction to their actions. So that's why ACT is quite a nice acronym because it's all about action. So it's all, the, the whole purpose of ACT is to do things that make your life more fulfilling and that will differ you know person to person whatever their values are so an example of a value for someone might be say ambition you know and it might be that for someone with a visible difference actually having a bit lots of appearance concerns and for example being afraid of going to job interviews or working alongside new colleagues is actually stopping them from fulfilling that ambition so that, that that's the kind of the idea of it being mindfulness with a purpose yeah, I really like that. I haven't heard that phrase mindfulness with a purpose, but I think that will that will really stick. So I think that's a really useful mm. explanation. And so you, you've got this act-based prototype for an app that's designed for individuals with a visible difference who are experiencing appearance-related concerns. So how did you go about testing its feasibility? Mm. Yes, we basically gave it to 36 people mm-hmm. who had a range of different... Um, conditions, injuries, um, or diseases that affected their appearance, so that they had a form of visible difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used it over uh, six to eight weeks. We, we allowed people to use it up to 12 weeks because we're also interested to see how long people would naturally use it for. And those were people who themselves kind of uh, reported that they were struggling in some way um, to adjust to their appearance. So that might be you know, anxiety around other people, um, and about their appearance and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I you know mentioned earlier that we wanted to know whether it was feasible, whether it kind of was worth developing further, there were kind of three parts to that. So first of all, we wanted to know how well-liked it was. Um, so we did that by asking satisfaction ratings throughout the course. We also wanted to know how people actually used it, how much they used it for how long, which bits they used and that kind of thing. Uh, we also wanted to know whether the, it kind of showed promise uh, at least of helping people live a more fulfilling life which as I said is the main purpose really of ACT interventions so and be yet less driven by appearance concerns 
Uh, we also wanted to check that it didn't cause harm, psychologically speaking, that is. So we, to do that, we asked a series of different validated measures, so depression and anxiety measures um, to, to check around whether it was causing any harm. Uh, and also unhelpful ways of dealing with appearance concerns. Um, so, for example, avoiding lots of situations and mm-hmm. um, public places and that kind of thing. Or, you know, for example, sports and exercise, if it was in some way revealing appearance. Uh, and also doing lots of different things to kind of try and fix inadvertent commas and um, one's appearance, mm-hmm. things like covering up, concealing, spending a long time fixated and looking in the mirror and preparing to leave the house, that kind of thing. Uh, we also looked at the, the the things that we would expect to change through ACT, and so essentially, you know, different aspects of mindfulness, and also whether people get clearer about what's important to them, their, their values, and put them into action. And we measured those things just before they started, after I think eight weeks, and then four weeks later again, so twelve weeks from the beginning. We also spoke with people, kind of exit interviews. Mm-hmm. So that was after people had used it. And I think we spoke to a third of the groups so of 12 people. Uh, and good thing was that half of those were people who didn't actually finish it, didn't yeah. complete the, the course. So we wanted to learn from them, you know, were there any particular reasons that they didn't complete it? And, and from all of them really wanted to know, you know, uh, how did they actually use it and what they found helpful about it exactly? Because that's why it was nice. Um, that's why I call it mixed methods, because there's... Um, kind of number-based rating scales that people use and also the qualitative part. So that's participants' own words that just give us a bit of a better understanding of exactly what was going on. Thanks, Fabio. That's super comprehensive. And I think it's really useful to hear what goes on in a feasibility study before you do a massive RCT. And as you're saying, actually, before you even develop it in a big way, this like, initial testing is so important. And just to pick up on one of the things that you said, that component as well about does it cause harm? Because of course, we're never intending to develop an intervention that's going to cause harm, but it's a really important checkpoint as we're going through just to ensure there's no inadvertent consequences of of these programmes. So it's a really good point. So I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, and particularly ACT, because it's part of the process is asking people to open up to quite difficult Mm. emotions and things like that. So I remember, I know that one of our um, contributors, the clinicians who helped us create it, was saying, you know, it's really important to people to know who use the app that, I think he said it, that it's not aromatherapy. <laughs> you know, it can make things feel a bit harder before, because um, the idea is that you can do things that are matter, that matter to you whilst accommodating difficult feelings rather right. than trying to get rid of those feelings. So, yeah, it's a bit counterintuitive. Yeah. So tell us what you found. What, what were the key learnings from this feasibility testing? Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll go through it briefly. So how people used it, uh, 15 out of the 36 actually completed the whole thing. And that's actually pretty good or, or at the, the kind of higher end of what's deemed as satisfactory for mobile health interventions and particularly mental health interventions. So in that, we kind of determined that there was a satisfactory adherence rate. In terms of whether people liked it, over 85% found the sessions interesting and easy to understand. And then in the interviews, what was cool was that we people talked about the ways that they you know, liked, liked uh, the, the intervention. And it came across, the, I suppose, the unique benefit you get from having a mobile app compared to, say, a computer-based um, uh, intervention was that you know, you'd get notifications 
applications mm-hmm. through to your phone, allowing you to do things like mindfulness practices there and then, um, reminders of their value-based goals whilst you're out and about at work or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And they also gave us kind of helpful stuff that you know we can incorporate when we come to develop it further. It also showed promise uh, in terms of helping people to get out and about a bit more, do things that might in some way expose their appearance uh, and also spend less time doing things like covering and concealing their appearance. It shifted the act processes, so mindfulness with a purpose in the right direction and didn't have any negative impact on, on depression or anxiety. Okay, and so it does sound like it is doing that, the goal of ACT, from what you're saying, in terms of helping people lead a fulfilled life, or at least indicating and suggesting that it may help in that way. So that's exciting. So tell us what's next for the project. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think, you know, it's absolutely right. And it so shows promise, but um, we're not claiming that, you know, it shows effectiveness. It, it's just that it's pointing in the right direction, essentially. So next steps, well, we're very fortunate to have gained some funding to actually go ahead and develop it. So that's going to be involve actual software developers doing doing the kind of, you know, the technical work, mm-hmm. which is great. And that's the, the next stage. But alongside that, we're going to really make sure that we continue to get the input from user representatives because mm-hmm. that's, I think, part of what has made it you know, a success to date really is how much it speaks to people with the visible differences because it's been co-created at least just, you know, a certain yeah. extent by people with visible differences. So we wouldn't want to lose that. Yeah, yeah, that's really important. And so we've covered a lot, but is there anything you want to add that's important to this project? No, I just want to thank all the people who tested the app and also to all the people who helped um, design it. You know, it's been a long process, I think over sort of three years or so. And yeah, couldn't have done it just as a group of researchers, you know, to the same level of uh, success. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Fabio. It's been great hearing and learning more about the project. Before I can let you go, because this is our summer shorts series, we're really curious to know what everyone's favourite summer snack is. So what's yours? Um, well, is uh, mojito a snack? <laughs> I mean, would you have something with it? Or is it just <laughs> nice and Another minty. mojito. No, no. Yeah, um, <laughs> other cocktails are available. Uh, no, okay. I think um, strawberries, I think, would be probably my, my winner. They've yeah, been seem nice. to be particularly nice this year and you get nice big punnets. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Fabio, for, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for listening to Appearance Matters, the podcast, and our summer short series. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do drop us a rating and a review on your favourite podcast app. It helps other people find the podcast. Join us next week for our next summer short.